Welcome to the Woke Blokes podcast, hosted by Nick Sutherland from MindFit and Ryan Hassan from the Center for Healing. Let's get into today's episode. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, uh, non-binary, gender-fluid people, welcome back to the Woke Blokes podcast. Ryan Hassan from the Center for Healing here, joined as always by Nick Sutherland from MindFit. Nico, how are you, mate? I'm listening intently because it sounds like someone's just flushing one down the toilet bowl. Is someone just? I can I can hear this weird <laughs> draining sound. Are you sitting on the toilet today? Or? No, I'm not. I have been on the toilet a fair bit today because uh, this. Well, I I don't know if you know, realize, but I'm in a different location today, mm. and mm-hmm. we've we've just moved to a different area of Chiang Mai. Uh, different not side as much of the bamboo city. Bamboo in the background. No, less bamboo. I got some nice flowers though. I reckon. I, saw them. I reckon they're fake though. Um, <laughs> but yeah, over here, like they don't understand the term "not too spicy," please. And I'm getting absolutely <laughs> hammered. Like, I'm even putting. I'm even putting on our order. Like I translated it to Thai, and then I'm copy and pasting the Thai language into it. And the last few days, mate, like they just must love it spicy down this area of Chiang Mai. And I'm today, it's it's paid. I've paid the price. Let's mm. say they, they see big white farang, and they're like, ah, <laughs> payback's a bitch. I know. Uh, but look, you know, it is what it is. It's still delicious. But yeah, a couple of them have just been that spicy that. But you know, when you're real hungry and you just power through, you're like, I don't care. I've got to get it in. I'm starving. And then, like, there was one the other like two nights ago, and I'm like, I was paying for it just straight after. Well, mouth it's mouth all, was it's numb. It's all this Muay Thai that you're doing. You just need fuel, man. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's like I saw, that. I saw, I saw the photo of um, <laughs> De- Des and Troy out, out in the open. You feel of the gun show. Left arm Des, right arm Troy. Yeah, did you also see how bloody red my face was and how knackered I was? I did, I did, but yeah. then the result of that, I saw, I saw a bit of definition, um, and then maybe the top one or two abdominal muscles. <laughs> uh, so yeah, I'm not going too bad, considering I eat out every single meal and have a couple of, <laughs> you know, having a few beers, a couple of nights of the week, and that kind of thing. Not going, not going too bad, but yeah, the has been fun. I'll be honest. I, I was, I was wondering if, if you were meant to be ghost punching or whether you were meant to be actually really kicking the shit out of it, but you were already ten minutes into a session because you, you weren't giving it a great deal. I was more than ten minutes into a session. <laughs> I was. That was that 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 video of me doing Muay Thai. That was the end of round four. So we do five rounds, <laughs> and by, by the end of by the end of round two, I am fucking knackered. And then this was the end of round four. I put the camera out, and like I can literally barely hold my hands up. And then wow. um, because we were moving to the different part of Chiang Mai, I said, "Oh, tonight's going to be my last night with you, Lek." Who shout out to Lek Muay Thai from Chiang Mai, where he was awesome. And um, so he really pushed me. And then the the fifth round, we did he did sparring with me, which I didn't post those videos because that was even more embarrassing. Because <laughs> number one. I was completely exhausted. Number two, he taught me everything I know, so he would know what I was going to do before I even did it. <laughs> you, so, yeah, you were not only flying like a butterfly, but you weren't, you weren't only flying like a butterfly, you were also stinging like a butterfly. You were, yeah, just, there was... Does, that's why uh, if I was to actually have a Muay Thai fight, it's like... It, it, I'm, I'll be dangerous in the first round, but if you get me out of that first round, you can just have your way with me. You, really. you're, like, you're like Brock Lesnar. It's just, yeah. it's, it's, <laughs> as soon as, if he hits you, you're gone, but you just gas him out and you're good to go. That's it. Yeah, yeah. But no, it's, it's been a really good experience. So I'm going to keep up doing it. And um, maybe even when I get back to Melbourne, do it, get into some jujitsu or something. And it's kind of good. It's, I like that. Um, the whole vibe, but there's a discipline to it as well as. Uh, I was going to say, I was going to say, it's uh, you know Roy Gracie, the Hoist Gracie, yeah, 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 Hoist. Yeah. Um, they show. I saw some internet footage of him um, in Japan. It's like the MMA has has really kicked off these days, but in Japan, it's been going for years. This cage fighting, all this sort of stuff, and. He it was, it was literally like a Jean Claude Van Damme movie. Like he had to fight all these dudes, and then you know, in two days, and then it was um, 
and he fought this big sumo dude, and and he was just he was just going leg chop, leg chop, but he was ducking and weaving, and just wore this guy down, wore this guy down, and yeah. So the 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 how was it the um in the days of gone, what was it the small versus the big, you know, David Goliath. Yeah, David and Goliath. So it was David and Goliath, and, and David overcame Goliath and through, but just through pure discipline, just sticking yeah. to his routine, sticking to his structure, and, and he achieved his results. So was, yeah, that would have been in uh, Pride, Pride FC, they called it. Yeah, um, okay. I watched a lot of those old tapes. It was sort of half run by the Yakuza um, gang <laughs> and everything, and then they would do like, yeah, they would put like, you know, a 150-pound guy in with a 400-pound dude on almost all the steroids. <laughs> In Asia, yeah, yeah. and uh, and have these like freak kind of matchups and everything. But that's when that that uh, changed. Hoy Tracy, that in Pride, and also at the start of the UFC. I mean, that changed everything in regards to mixed martial arts because everyone thought jujitsu was oh just a bit of rolling around on the mat and sort of boxing and kickboxing was was where it's at. And um, he beat them all. By, started, uh, they started submitting them all and started choking like, them out arm bars <laughs> all that kind of thing and they're like what the hell is this and they couldn't pin him down because he'd just roll them over and well he could submit you from his back as well so they yeah. get might get him down but then they're like but he choked out with he, a triangle <laughs> they um uh what was i gonna say the oh so you know how the, the pga golf tour and then as soon as you hit 50 you gotta go to the seniors tour and there's a lot of golfers who can't make the PGA Tour but then try and get on the PGA Tour because it's a little bit easier. Yeah. Um, I'm sensing in about 10 years' time, Hass joining the Pride <laughs> MMA, Hass going to the... the the, the land of the rising sun. And, um, I'd know. So I'd, it'd be good. I, I've actually a, a mate, um, uh, Daz, and he, he did a... I think it's called... Uh, fit to fight no it wasn't like that it wasn't fat to fit or something it wasn't that derogatory but anyway they they took take people who had no kind of fighting experience bit out of shape wanted to get in shape and he did like a 12-week thing where you get fit as hell but also you train all these disciplines of mixed martial arts and at the end they put on a big night and he literally had a fight you know mm. he actually had a, had a had an mma fight with someone and um you know that's sort of yeah it, it'd be good it'd be good to do even the muay thai i'm like i wouldn't mind just like getting in and having one go. Although after my sparring match with Lek and him just quite it's, easily it's, beating the crap out of me. I don't like getting hit. I, I had a fight this morning. I had a, I had a, I had a physical altercation this morning. Before I even got out of bed, I was just like being a bit niggly with them and just maybe... She's literally going, it's like, it didn't hurt her. And I was like, right, okay, let's see you want to play. So I've gone out again, and then she's just giving me a swift kick to the midriff. And I'm, all right, I get the picture. All right, I'm out. Oh, I just, I don't like getting hit. No, it's still fun. That's you know when when I... find, you know what I find weird about fighting is they always go for the, the head or it's, it's so weird. You're meant to go for the softest part of the body. But they, everyone always, the macho, going to hit you in the head, mate, going to make you bleed. No, you don't. Just wind him and walk away. Yeah, I guess, yeah. Uh, there's always got to be rules. Like, even the UFC was like, it's going to be no rules, but you still can't hit someone in the nuts. No, no, but this is in a street fight. Like, in a street fight, it's yeah. just, you know, two, two blokes having a fight on the street. If, if, if you really have to defend yourself, just go for the... Go for the solar plexus. Yeah, that's. I think that comes back to like movies we all saw as a kid. And if you haven't like trained in some sort of martial art or whatever, then you just go off what you've seen in TV shows and movies, which is the. And end up doing this one. You know, it's like why? Why are they falling down? I think that's why Hoist Gracie was so important because no movies showed jujitsu. Because it it was just people punching and kicking each other. You know, we we just grew up watching Bruce Lee. Yeah, <laughs> and then and then they call me Bruce. Remember that? Did you ever see that movie? No, what was that? Oh, it was like a comedy. And it was like they call me Bruce. They still call me Bruce, and they still call me Bruce. Like it was it turned into this series. It was so bad. B grade American Chinese martial arts. I loved it. I was I was all into, You're that into sort it. Of stuff. 
yeah. All the B great stuff. I loved it. Yeah. I'm just cracking another beer. It's it's episode number 50, and me and Nick are celebrating today. Congratulations! Congratulations. We made it number 50. Episode 50. I think this will be released sort of towards the end of uh, the year, 2020, which has been a fucking crazy year for a lot of people. So we're actually, you know, if we can stay on some sort of topic today, which may not happen, um, we're going to talk about just just shitty New Year's resolutions and kind of why they don't work and um, and what we can do about that. And so we're just going to have a couple of beers. It's a bit more relaxed today. I mean, it's pretty relaxed normally. But, uh, well, why don't, we, why don't we ask the, the listeners to grab themselves a, a little frosty number and sit down and, and keep, put their feet up and rest, stop what you're doing. Yeah, look, if you, just, if, you, if you finished work and you're on the way home in the car, press, press pause. pause. Grab a, just grab a nice, you know, special craft beer. Like, don't get crazy, you know. Don't start. I've, I've, I've gone the, um, I've gone the White Rabbit's Dark Ale. Ah, I have actually had that one. It's very nice. Don't mind oh, a dark yeah. ale if it's a, a good one. <sighs> I, I like, I like the little creatures. I like a White Rabbit Dark Ale. I like the Maltier, the Newcastle Brown Ale. Yeah, that's that's my go-to. And, and got, I'm, I'm drinking local Chang. You are ties. Ties uh, national beer, mm-hmm. uh, so mm-hmm. I'm, I'm having a Chang plus. <laughs> they're like a dollar each, if that. So <laughs> <laughs> six pack. The six pack was twenty three dollars. I don't know how I'm going to go uh, coming back home, especially this Chiang Mai. Like I, I can literally order four meals for about ten bucks, and they're delivered to my door, and they're like massive yeah. meals, and it's. Uh, you gotta stop good. converting. When you get home, you gotta yeah, yeah, yeah. Real, don't convert. Stop converting. It's just it'll kill you. Um, so yeah, it's a bit of a festive um, podcast today on a couple of accounts. It's our fiftieth, um, and, and it's Christmas, New Year's. It's the end of the year. I think a lot of people are just, you know, Melbourne hasn't had a COVID case in thirty days or something. Um, it's, so, been, it's been a long year. We're doing well, yeah. Well, there's oh, yeah. bushfires and there was all sorts of, you know. So it's been a been a year of challenges, I guess, a year of adversity. But I think we're all going to get we're all going to be better for having been through it. We're all going to get stronger if we if we take the right approach. But it's a celebration. Everyone's just hanging to get through it. So press pause, grab yourself a, a frosty, um, shake up a, an apple apple tini or something. Um, if Danny Carey, if you're listening, <sighs> shake up an apple tini. <laughs> Danny Carey, if you're listening, please reach out and and get this interview on the podcast. Um, Danny Carey being the drummer from a band called Tool, for for those of you that are listening first time. If you know, you know. Um, So, yeah, but we're we're, we're coming to Christmas. I was going to ask you a question, but I've held off until we started recording. What are you – we're going to do the 10 shitty news resolutions and all this sort of stuff. I literally just Googled, like, 10 worst news resolutions. Because we're we're very structured in it. We're very structured in the way we work, Hass. What's your question? What's your question, Nick? (laughs) 50 episodes. We put so much time and energy into these episodes. Well, we put Um, time and energy into working out a time that it worked out. It wasn't too early for me to start cracking beers. Speaking of. <laughs> Speaking of. All right, so what is what is your go-to Christmas movie? What, what Christmas movie are you really looking forward to, to playing? Uh, I don't know. I don't – this year will be different because Tommy, my young boy, he just turned two uh, about a week and a half ago. So he's a bit more aware now and he's even he's, – he, oh, he's into the Christmas trees. Every time we pass one at the shops, he's, he's like, Christmas tree? I'm like, yeah, cool. So he's a bit more aware. So I might start watching some kids' ones. But I literally – I haven't watched Christmas movies in I don't know how long. I never watch them, you know, probably for the last – I mean, I mean, it's, it's – So the first thing that comes to mind, the first thing that comes to mind is Santa Claus with Tim Allen. Oh, Do you remember that one? Yeah, 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 yeah. I think there was a two and a three to that, but I just I, I remember that that's the sort of the first one that comes to mind when I think of Christmas movies. Knowing, knowing Tim Allen, he would have milked it for all it was worth. So yep. Oh 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 oh. My my go-to is Home Alone. Oh, yeah, right. Yeah, yeah. That was a yeah, it was not, a Christmas time. Not really thought of as a Christmas movie, but thought of but as a classic all the same. 
Yes, but it's a classic Christmas movie for me. So, so are you going to bust uh, that out this year then? Yeah, totally. Totally. And Alf, Alf's a beauty um, with... Um, with Will Ferrell. With Will Ferrell. I haven't yep. seen that one. Might, that might be a good <gasps> one to bust out. Really? <laughs> um, Grinch was good with uh, Jim Carrey. Um, what else is there? Christmas movies. I'm going to Google it. So yeah, well you've got you've got Tommy to to sort of keep entertained. So yeah, so uh, it might be for me. It might be a you know a Paw Patrol Christmas or something of that nature. Peppa Pig's bloody Christmas carols or some shit. <laughs> so yeah, we'll, we'll see. We'll j- see. Jingle all the way with Arnie. Oh, yep, yep, yep. Don't know if I saw that, but I do remember the trailers and and yeah, big big muscly man getting you know. A laugh along kids kind of movie, yeah. Yeah, sure, yeah, yeah. okay. Um, and big muscly man with uh, uh, yeah, Alf, classic The Grinch, not oh, bang, the ones you said, face. mate. Oh, National Lampoon's Christmas, oh, vacation. yeah, yeah, yeah. That that, that actually <laughs> take there. My, my dad, my old man, was a massive fan of Chevy Chase. Um, oh. So, so I, I actually watched a lot of Chevy Chase movies growing up, like uh, uh, Fletch, Fletch Lives, um, all of those, and the Net Lampoons, uh, yeah. which were which were hilarious. Holiday Road. Oh. <laughs> yeah, right, it takes, so, that takes me back. So there's um, Home Alone one and two, and straight after that is the Santa Claus with Tim Allen. There we go. We're, we're on the money with a few of these, aren't we? Yeah, totally, totally. Um, a wonderful life. Jeez, that looks old. Yeah, right. So Christmas, I mean, I, uh, I like Christmas. Growing up as a kid, we, we'd go to Grandma and Pop's house on Christmas Eve for a big dinner. Um, and they were, so my dad adopted my sister and I. So um, when we – he took us to Ballarat where his family was. Um, we, we had adoptive grandparents, obviously, and – they did an amazing job. They went so out of their way to welcome us. We actually arrived on Christmas Eve when I was, I don't know how old we were, I was probably seven or eight, um, and we moved from Queensland to Ballarat. And we rocked up there and we're all bright-eyed and it's nighttime. It's like Christmas Eve and we're in a strange place. We don't know what's going on. But there's this beautiful, soft, gentle, grandmotherly woman. Come here, kid. Yeah, and do you want this? Do you want some treats and all this sort of stuff? I'm like, oh yeah, okay. And then we hear this on the roof, and we're like, what the hell? And she's like, what's that noise? And you hear this ringing of a bell, and this ho 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 ho. And fucking grandpa had gotten up on the roof and was hey, stomping really? a bit, stomping around up there. Just for us kids, just to, to make us feel really welcome. And <laughs> That's awesome. That's so good. That's what so a, what good. A, what a stunt. What a stunt. That, that's, uh, I love that. Yeah, putting in the effort. That's good. I, Christmas Eve for me, I just I always remember we would sit at home and watch um, The Carols by Candlelight. I know mm. that, that was always – I just – thinking about it now, I remember it was always a good experience. You'd watch it just with mum and dad normally because my brother was so much older – and he was either not there or moved out. But I remember now my dad couldn't stand, you know, Marina Pryor, the <laughs> singer? My dad yeah. couldn't stand her. So I've got, <laughs> I've got these who, memories. Who has an aversion to Marina Pryor? <laughs> yeah, I know. It's so, so coming back to me now. But I have these memories now, like every year of, um, you know, we'd be watching the singers come on and sing and mum and dad would be loving it, I'd be loving it. And Marina Pryor would come on, my dad's like, Oh, bloody Marina ah. Pryor. <laughs> and it was, it, it, I'm going to the kitchen. <laughs> I think in his estimation, yeah, he's like, turn, put on something else on while she bloody sings. <laughs> he had an aversion, I think. She's, he said she had a weak voice and he just couldn't handle it. He was fucking, I don't know, of all the people. a judge on Australian Island. <laughs> he'd turn his chair around like on, the, on that show. <laughs> he's like, of all the people to not like, Marina Pryor was on his, you know. It's a, I, I can't remember where I heard it. It was a movie or something, and and they're like, um, how, how do you not like? Oh, this, this someone hated Enya, 
And it's like, how do you hate Anya? It's like, it's like hating unicorns and rainbows. It's just, <laughs> it's hating, hating whales. Yeah, it's just, just how do you, how do you have an aversion to something like that? I know. If I had some experience where he just, just wasn't into her, and from then on she was tainted. I was never into the the Christmas carol-y thing um, because we got raised on Bing Crosby's Christmas carols. Right. So we we were old school, like, Malakaliki Mocker is the thing to see <laughs> on a bright Hawaiian Christmas day. So it was Bing Crosby and the Andrew sisters. And so right. the, the Andrew sisters are in the background going, that's the only greeting that we send to you. <laughs> it was, it was, and I can't listen to anything else but that Christmas album on Christmas Eve. All the Bing other Crosby. Ones. Okay. Oh, oh, my, oh, my, my old man, once again, Elvis's Christmas carols. Oh. <laughs> and so and it, it was a two CD set, and um, it, it it still gets busted out. Like if we have Christmas with the family, me and my brother, well, after a couple of beers, we'll be like, "All right, let's get online. We've got to find Elvis's Christmas Carol somewhere," and we'd start busting them out because yeah, that was one that my old man. Uh, that was the opposite of Marina Pryor. He was all about Elvis's <laughs> Christmas Carols. <laughs> What's bring up? My baby back to me. It's classic. <laughs> How um. All right, so obviously, if you're listening for the first time, we are a mental health and well-being podcast. Um, sitting here drinking beer and um, reminiscing. It's episode fifty. We're just, you know, we're just yeah. loosening up a bit. Just loosen up. So, how, let's incorporate a little bit for those that have a let's call it a weird fi- family dynamic. Like your dad had an aversion to Marina Pryor. Who who out there's got an aversion to? Going and seeing their family at Christmas. It's like, Lots oh, of people. God. Lots oh, of people. Doris is going to be there. Oh, she's going to just be drama, drama, drama. And or, you know, like, tell me. If how, do you, how, how do you get through Christmas unscathed? Well, look, oh, I know running the centre, we would, you know, plan for things to quieten down over the Christmas period, which they did to an extent, but also we really saw how triggering and how tough this time of year is for a lot of people because like you said, either people have very, very poor relationships with their family members based on things that have happened in the past or people don't have relationships with their family. And all you're doing is you're being bombarded with, you know, TV, Instagram, Facebook of everyone spending time with family, having a great time, or they are in the pictures anyway. And so all of a sudden that even reflects back to you how alone that you feel. So this can be a really, really tough time of year for a lot of people, you know? So Mm. I think, um, for people who are alone, like you know, I remember uh, a couple of times when I was back into the rave scene in my early twenties. Um, I never oh, thought were about. You, were you wearing Adidas parachute pants? I never. Uh, no, I no like uh, <laughs> the fat pants, t-shirts, fat pants, jeans, and all that kind of stuff. Oh, like, yeah. So, but I remember there was a, a candy, hard candy. Was this thing? It was on every Friday night. We'd go. We'd take pills, speed, all that kind of stuff. Um, and then, the, but there'd be this Christmas candy, which was Christmas night, you know. And um, normally, I was always doing family stuff and that. But I, I went once or twice, and. Um, you could tell because a lot of people who were into that rave scene and that drug scene had very uh, strained relationships with family, a lot of trauma, all that kind of stuff. You wouldn't have known that at the time. No one would speak about that. But looking back Mm. now, it was very obvious. And I found that a lot of people actually, looking back, kind of found their tribe because it was so many people would go every year and they'd talk about it and everything. And I could see there are people who did have these really bad relationships with family or felt really alone in the Christmas period. So without using, I suppose, a, a rave and drugs and everything, I think you can still find your tribe if you feel isolated at this time of year. Yeah, well, family doesn't have to be blood. Exactly, um, exactly. Yeah, so it's, it's just finding people that you want to spend time with. You don't – everyone operates under this sense of duty and obligation and I have to go and spend time with my family. Aunt Doris will write me out the will if I don't go or mum will get pissed off. You don't have to do anything. Mm-hmm. You don't have to go. You don't have to – you know, it's a, it's a time of year to celebrate and to give and to love and to share and all that sort of stuff. So – if you're going to be happier on your own, just fucking stay home. You know? Yeah, yeah. Even if you just think about, like, as you were saying that, that 
when you say oh, I have to go somewhere, like as soon as I hear those words, like my mm. system starts contracting, mm -hmm. it becomes yep, a very yeah rigid uh, uh, aversion kind of thing. Imposed, I'm like, oh. enforced, and then it's just anxiety kicks in straight away. You're in your sympathetic nervous system. It's just all yeah. you're on, you're on guard. You're you're ready to punch someone as soon as they come too close to you. Yeah, and then and then and then you 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 go to that event in that in that state so you're priming yourself for exactly what you're thinking about so you're gonna you're gonna have that experience and then confirm to yourself hey you didn't want to go anyway and the thought just struck me though conversely if you have an aversion to going to christmas because of your family and you do isolate yourself then it's you, you're not gonna um, have anything to talk about. Like, there's not going to be no chance for reconciliation. There might be an opportunity to come together as well. So, I guess there's no right or wrong way of going about it. It's just that, um, yeah, I don't know. It's, a, it's an interesting one. Yeah, but I, I you know, I, I know of a lot of people now who have, like, you know, found tribes. So, Christmas is spent with other people who have disjointed relationships with family mm. or no family at all based on being overseas or not with us anymore or that kind of thing. And I think what you said is so important, like, you know, our family doesn't have to be blood, you know, it can be, uh, it can be anyone. We can choose our family and that's really important because you know, the, the hot sort of topic now is people, uh, uh, what's the word, like kind of divorcing their parents, which is basically me just setting a boundary, whether it's your parents, your siblings, your cousins, even, you know, whatever. It's just basically saying, look, spending time with you, being around you is not good for my mental and emotional health. Um, so I'm going to sort of cut ties with that. And people get real funny with family, or even if it's just been friends that you've been friends with for decades, um, eh, we have an aversion to that. But some of the funniest Christmas moments are born from <laughs> discomfort and oh, uncomfortable, yeah. awkward experiences. Mate, we um like, and that's the thing. Like, if you can, and some all other times you can't. But if you can go with an open mind as to what the fuck's going to happen here, what's drunk Arnie Susie going to say? My, gran my grandparents turn racist as soon as they've got like as soon as they move past their fourth champagne, they become racist, and it's so funny. And he just said, like, it happened at my grandpa's 80th, 85th. Um, I can't remember. We were sitting there, me and my cousin, we, 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 we love each other and we, we can't wait to see each other, but we just don't get time to see each other during the year. So we're sitting next to each other and we're deep in this conversation. And we're at this Italian restaurant, and this, this young Italian woman walks in and says, oh, I can take your order. And then because he's, he's lived in Spain, which is near Italy, he puts on this weird accent and oh por favor oh, da, da. and we're like why didn't stop just stop and he's like well well she's here she has to learn english so um, no stop and then he starts commenting about nan's and his sexual past and he just the filter disappears and cringing so hard in those moments like the, the old people have been old racist people have been like holding it together but in those <laughs> few drinks it just they let go and and he's not like he's not and, and she's not and they're, they're amazing wonderful people but all of a sudden this this the filter is removed and it all comes pouring out and um, we're just sitting there absolutely pissing ourselves laughing and just like it was just a train wreck it was just an absolute yeah. The most beautiful train wreck you've ever seen. Yeah. I had one, uh, I would just say family member, I don't want to get too granular, but anyway, someone. Um, uh, <laughs> Are they listening? No, throw them under the bus. Throw them uh, under no, the bus. No, no, but they, they, the, the cousin, one of the cousins, they're like intellectually uh, disabled um, to an extent. And um, anyway, like oh. middle, middle of Christmas, <laughs> like 20 plus people at the Christmas table and there was just a slight lulling conversation. And then she gets up and just goes, slams her hands on the table and goes, Mum, I've got my period. Right? And then it was like three quarters of the table are all like shocked and trying to keep it together. Our, our end of the table just pierced out. <laughs> You know, whether it is, yeah, the auntie just gets sourced up and says stupid stuff or whatever. It's 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 those funny moments. Because so oftentimes, yeah, go, go, go. My, my, my nan gets pissed, right? Yeah. 
and she's well pissed, and then she ends up falling asleep with the champagne in her hand. It's it's, like, yeah. it's classic classic Christmas image. I'm sure many people can relate, and I love her to death. I love her dearly. Uh, but then he gets angry and he's like, tries to control her. Stop drinking. You need that glass. And then, <laughs> and then he goes into this. And then he walks out one year just in his jocks. And we're like, what are you doing? <laughs> and he's like, and so she's uh, she's half cut. She's woken up. She's been snoring. He's come out. We're like, what's going on? She spills the champers. He looks at him, goes, oh! <laughs> what you just see the husband walking around in his jocks on Christmas Day? Oh, he oh, couldn't, you couldn't write the scripts. We, we have, we have one. My, uh, and this was with my ex-wife, and we just moved in. We just built our new house, and we just moved in, and we had Christmas. We we'll have Christmas at our house this year. So we had the whole family over, and my my nan had been, uh, had been getting dementia, and it's just been, it'd been getting to the point where it's like getting quite bad and this, this ended up being like the last family outing that she came to because she was in a home and like my my dad was the most proper person like never put a foot wrong lovely cup of tea and a couple of shortbreads was like the classical like housewife and everything but like with dead dementia you kind of regress so you start to kind of get younger yeah, 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 yeah. and she um like mum was going to start taking home anyway and like my nephew Matt, who would have been like twelve or something at the time, and my nan started like so her bra wasn't on properly, and she was like lifting up her dress trying to adjust her bra. <laughs> Traumatized my poor nephew who was like twelve. And then anyway, I was like, oh, it's, 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 it's time to go. It's time to go. And then my nan, who I'd never even seen have a drink in her entire life that I'd been alive. Um, she was like fully, and I'd never seen her crack the shits ever, right? And then yeah. all of a sudden she was like, oh, you just want me to go so you can all party without me. And I'm like, I've never heard my nan say the word party. Anyway, me and my brother had to like escort her out, like one arm under each and get her into the car. And she was like swearing. She'd never, I've never heard her swear in her life. And it was so traumatic at the time. But now we joke about it as it's this weird Christmas moment. You gotta, you gotta have those moments, man. Like, you do. Am's daughter Ava was just standing there feeding the cat, listening to me speaking to the headphones, so she couldn't hear you. And I'm just telling this story about my grandpa, and she's about to spend her first Christmas with me, and she's just looking at me, going, oh, "Is Nick gonna come out in his jocks?" <laughs> no, she's like, "Are you gonna put me anywhere near this man who wanders <laughs> out in his jocks?" <laughs> <laughs> Oh, so yeah, it's 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 a it's a funny one. Like it's a we we have this aversion, like, but it's it's family, so we'll keep doing it. Or and if we keep doing it, then it can create those sort of moments. But if we don't do it, then it sort of feels better short term, and we go and find our tribe, and so but we disconnect with that blood sort of relationship. So it's a, yeah, but it is, you are right. It is just a, it's a challenging time of year. Uh, for a lot of people, you know, and it's like if we can just, uh, you know, f- find some people so we don't fully isolate and get through it, then um, all, all the better, you know. Like we can, we like you said, we can choose our family. I like that. Well, don't don't isolate yourself just because it's going to be uncomfortable or hard. That's mm. um, you know, maybe it's take us an opportunity to to not make it about you and make it about them and, and use some compassion or some empathy or look beyond what these people are doing. You know, it's, yeah. a, it's, a, it's a chance to perhaps heal or to, or to move into a deeper acceptance or an unconditional love perhaps. Yeah, a, yeah. A lot, a lot of the time we're just loving people because they're not doing what we think they should do. Mm. You know, so just let, let them be them and appreciate them for who they are and coming out in all their underwear and changing and, that, and that's a really beautiful practice as well. It's like accepting people the way they are instead of like, oh, Dad's about to say this again. It's like, oh, Dad's about to say this again. Check it out. <laughs> well, it's, it's, a, it's, a quote that, it's, a, it's a quote that I was referred to and it's from Thomas Merton. It says, the beginning of love is to let those we love be perfectly themselves and not to twist them to fit our own image. Otherwise, we love only the reflection of ourselves that we find in them. Mm. So a lot of the time, um, our ego isn't happy because our family aren't being more like us or more like we think they should be. You know, we're imposing 
our opinions onto them and, and setting these parameters and these expectations that they should be like this and then they're just going to fail because we don't communicate it or we don't talk about it or, or we've got them there in the first place when they don't need to be there. So that's mm. a, a, yeah, this, this period of, of time is all about giving and you can give yourself a wonderful gift of peace and equanimity by, yeah, you can't control them, so just go back to what you can control, which is how you feel, how you perceive, what you what you do. Yeah, and I think that in relationships, you see this a lot as well. And it's like, like your grandma and grandpa, it's like you know, stop drinking so much, and we, we get into this thing when we get into a relationship. And I know I've had it in the past, and it's like, you know, a partner gets starts getting too drunk or too silly, and all of a sudden you start to feel shame. So that's about you. That's not about them. Yeah. It's like, it's like you, you got to let them be who the hell they want to be and express themselves. Because the truth is, you probably fell in love with them and first got with them because when that was the exact person yeah. to what they are. <laughs> but, now, but now they're yours. And that's such an ego term. Now they're yeah, yours. Yeah. You want them to keep a lid on it. It's like, no. I, I possess you and you are mine, so you should do as I think you should. You must act according to my will. And shout out to my beautiful grandparents because it is their 66th wedding anniversary today. Holy shit. Yes. 66. So, 66. And they speak so openly about how different they are. Like my grandpa's an only child and my grandma's from a larger family. And, you know, they, they speak really openly about how different they are and how, how challenging it has been. But they keep just leaning into love. They <laughs> lean into acceptance. They lean into Unreal. trust. So, yeah. So I lasted three. So fucking hell. Cheers, I didn't even cheers, last three. Cheers to them. I lasted two and a half. <laughs> cheers to that. Cheers to us. But you know what I did? I, I Because I come from a split family or a double split family, so mum separated from my biological dad and my stepdad. Um, so I <laughs> – you're going to love this one. I had this belief that if I, if I get married, I'm staying married. Mm. You know, I'm staying married. It's, it's – not I'm staying married. It's just it's just you know how it's be. If I'm if I if I'm in it, we're, we're in it for life. You know, it's it's. I'm not going to be like my mum. I wasn't trying to, trying to overcompensate for a perceived deficiency. Completely, yeah. It's it's like no, nah, uh, but it wasn't a conscious thing. It was very subconscious. Mm. It was very unknown to my conscious mind. But it was this, and it wasn't until after I finally got out of that relationship I, I saw it and it was like oh, 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 that, that cost me a lot of money that belief <laughs> go me um, but uh, oh, and, a, and, a profit and loss statement on that belief yeah. and you're like oh, I've got to get rid of this thing really quick or I'm going to be really broke time's money time's money <laughs> um, but so I asked her to marry me the day the day after my dad passed away Wow, so okay. it, was a, it was it was a grief um, mm-hmm. marriage, and and then once I was in it, I was like, oh fuck it, I'm in it now. I've got to got to do everything I can to make it work, and da da da. And she wasn't interested. Like she just said yes because she wanted the ring, and mm-hmm. you know, she she was probably how could she say no? My dad had just died the day before. <laughs> so, <laughs> Rock in a hard place. That sorry, that just brought up another memory. I'm. Uh, Years ago, I went on a uh, hot air balloon. Like we're talking over a decade ago. And um, I'm having a moment. I can't remember whether this happened to me or whether a friend told me this story. No, I think it happened. I think I was. I think oh. it was me, right? Either way, up on the hot air balloon and like full classic, there's this couple and you can see that she wears the pants. She could not give a fuck about him. And he's like the little, you know, being to all of her, you know, yeah. he'll be a little puppy dog. Put her up on the shot. pedestal. Yes. Anyway, he proposed up in the air on the uh, hot oh. air balloon. Um, and I think the, the the motivation for that was well, if we're up there on a hot air balloon with 10 other people. You can't fucking say no. <laughs> anyway, do you know what her response was? No. We'll wait till we get back down on the ground. <laughs> so every, everyone who was like taking pictures, laughing, talking to each other, just went dead silent for the rest of the balloon ride. As you would. That's so awkward. <laughs> it's like seeing people at the, 
you know, the NBA basketball games or something, or proposing in front of huge people. It's like, uh, don't do that, man. No. Yeah, exactly. You're trying to use social pressure to get them saying Do you yes. get, being an empath, do you, do, you, do you cringe when people get hurt? Like, I, I can't watch videos of, you know, um, funniest home videos and that when on Jackass and all that. I just, you know, when people are embarrassing themselves, I get embarrassed on their behalf. Hundred percent. I feel so. I feel yep. what they're feeling very deeply. hundred percent. Yeah, I just yeah, yeah. Whether it's whether it's emotional or physical, you know, yeah. I, I I literally I think it was earlier today. I must have been on YouTube watching something. and I went to get off and I had like suggested videos and it was like, uh, like the uh, like a regional uh, wrestling, not not like you know WWE kind of wrestling yeah, kind yeah, of yeah. style. And it was like some botch thing. I thought it was like a funny moment. And I went to start watching it. And then I'm like, oh, shit, I think this is going to be where he fucks, someone fucks up and lands on their head. And so I paused it. Oh. I paused it and then went down the comments. And I could see the comments that it was. And I'm like, no, I'm not watching nah. it. I can't. I can't, you know. It's like when, you know, the, the first videos are coming out of like uh, ISIS and stuff, like you yeah, know, decapitating yeah, people. Yeah. And I, I had friends who were like, oi, check this out. And I'm like, I... I can't. I literally cannot that's a, watch that. That's a sign of an empath. Is you, you you're in tune with animals and you can't watch stuff. You can't watch the news and stuff like that. So dead yeah. giveaway that you're an empath. Um, but I had a what was it? It was um, what was going on with it? Um, it was similar to your wrestling one. Uh, ask you on now, but it, yeah, it was just a, another example of I. I, if I if I know what's going to happen, then I have to shut it down and, and move away from it because it's just it's going to be too much. Yeah, exactly. It's too much for the system. Just on your the the you know marriage thing, I, I had a client recently, and it was a very similar thing with um, having kids, and um, you know this person with with a lot of family trauma going on, like with her current family and and genealogically, and. Um, you know, we we're starting to, to heal that and everything. And then uh, it was kind of, I had this moment where we were healing something genera- uh, genealogically. And I oftentimes do this kind of visualization where it's like you, you let go of this, whether it's, um, this was actually the feeling of failure that all women basically had in her genealogical very, very far back. Um, this deep-seated familiar feeling of I'm a, I'm a failure. And we we're doing this visualization to let that go. And I sort of showed, I used a visualization of all the the generations behind are standing there. So you're not only doing it for yourself, you're doing it for all the, all the women or men that have come before you and then your ancestors, which can be quite powerful. And then um, we had turned towards the, the front and I would say, well, you're not only doing that, you're also doing it for all the future generations. So all the future generations to come. And um, I had like a bit of a kind of feeling that like oh i'm getting getting a feeling that maybe that's not something they've thought of before and um as we finished and did all the other work we were doing we were just having a a more conscious chat with her eyes open and everything and um uh they were saying they were like yeah i've actually always had this belief that i'll never have kids and now i realize it's because i never want anyone else to go through the family traumas you know that the, the, the they've been through and so now that they are starting to, to heal those family traumas they can start to see a future where there are uh children that involved and that's like you what you're saying with the um i think we might have chatted as well uh about you having a similar belief of not having kids and it's kind of like well i'm not going to have anyone go through what i've been through so let me uh rule, rule out that option altogether um that's amazing it's a <laughs> Nick just took his headphones off to go get a beer or something and wasn't listening to anything. But all the listeners were. What I was saying, just a brief summary. I, 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 was, very, I was very in tune with you. Klein I was working with, hearing something general, uh, genealogically, and I gave him to visualise all the ge- generations that came before them. So it's just, no. not just about them, but then also had them envision all the generations to come. So it's not only about you, it's about all these ripple effect that happens. Yeah, I don't know. Yeah. yeah, and after they came out of it, they kind of consciously were just chatting and they said, yeah, I've always had this belief that I never want to have kids because, and it was because I never wanted them to go through shit that I went through or my family went through. But it's like now I'm starting to work through this stuff that that option is now seeming uh, very, very much on the table. You know, and that's once again, it's this, it's this overcompensation for this perceived deficiency. And I think yeah. mate, we've maybe even chatted about it's that. A, it's, a, it's a limiting belief. It's like, you know, when I was smoking, if I start something, I finish it. 
Mm-hmm. You know, it's a, it's a, I'm going to, I need to be in control of this. And it, uh, yeah, very much my marriage was, uh, um, I've, I've got to prove that I'm not going to be like my parents. Mm. You know? And and how judgmental is that? <laughs> was, was, I'm, I'm judging my mum for going through two divorces. Like, yeah, yeah. And now that you mention, I had a similar thing with my marriage. I, um, it was just this kind of deep seated. I used to think it was a knowing, but it was just obviously just a belief that it's like um, we're going to be together till the end. I don't know what happens in between, but we'll be together for the end to the end. And then that's why that was such a monumental, you know, moment for me because that belief that was really deep and really core was actually taken away and then when we have a belief like that kind of shattered when it's a core belief it really shakes up our identity and we're like well if i can't believe in that what the hell can i believe in and that's when people go through identity crisis which can lead to alcoholism drug use all that kind of stuff that's a great example of how beliefs create our behavior and and it's a programming so um yeah we've got to check in on what what's our programming and is this is this limiting me is this is this leading me down a path which is gonna cost me a lot of money potentially or cost me a lot of unhappiness or <laughs> whatever the case may be speaking of programming let's go to new uh, new year's resolutions all right before we do that i just gotta so emma's doing a course in the city on friday she's doing permaculture mm-hmm. um and so she stays up there on a Thursday night and she just sent me a message, how's our tribe? Because we're all living together now, her and her two yeah. kids. And I'm like, oh, how That's is that? beautiful. But it's like this is going to be my first Christmas with her and her kids. So it's going to... It's exciting. Yeah. Yeah. Like living together under the one roof. So it's... Um, yeah. That just struck me then. It's going to be a very different Christmas for us this year. And you're going to be in your jocks at some point. I do so. <laughs> how, uh, so, what's what's been your worst news resolution? Uh, me personally, even before <laughs> like doing what I do now, I don't think I was ever really into them. I think my main one—it's on this list. My main one, I think, was probably money, because like money was such a, a stress for me. Even when I was a tradesman and earning really good money, I could never save it. This is probably a good good example because you just spoke about programming. The issue with New Year's resolutions is we get to the end of the year, go, fuck, I wish I had done more that year with some area or multiple areas of my life. I'm going to make a change. Because even though time and the calendar is kind of a... I mean, it's based on the movements of our planet. It's still fairly much made up. So we feel like that's why people are like, I can't wait for 2020 to be over because it's been so shit. It's like, do you think magically January 1st, corona's going to disappear? It's like time is a man-made construct. I'm like, no, time does exist. It's just the calendar and the way that we perceive time is a construct. Time time, time does exist. We are moving yes. through Something. Yes. So, so what so what happens? We get fed up and we're like, all right, that's it. Next year's starting. I need to make some changes. And then we make a conscious decision about what we want to be different. And then unfortunately, speaking about programming, our subconscious programming says something different. But we're so fired up, we're so excited about the new year that that conscious will has a bit of juice to it. It's like we're fired up, the petrol tank's full, and we're going hard. And, you know, whether it's the first one list is going on a diet, there's also getting fit, there's join a gym, there's I'm going to save more money. Basically, it's I hate myself, and next year (laughs) I'm going to try to change who I am, but ultimately I'll fail like I do every year, and then I'll still hate myself and I'll make the same shit next year. Well, what happens that that conscious will has some juice to it, but then that juice runs out about the three-week mark, normally end of January, <laughs> on whatever that goal was because our subconscious programming will take over every time. But so it's the me- motivation. It's, it's, it's productivity-based motivation. It's I have to mm-hmm. instead of vitality-based motivation, which is I want to. Oh, I, I genuinely – there's it's, – it's, it's this concept of loving yourself unconditionally again. You can't love others unconditionally until you love yourself. So you can still – you can be unhappy with yourself but still love yourself, yeah? So you can go, oh, I'm 5, 10, 15 kilos overweight, yeah? Uh, th- this isn't okay. This isn't healthy. But you you can do it with a gentleness and a care and a, um, 
without that self-flagellation, without that beating yourself up, and it's just a, and it's so much easier to change it when you embrace it and em- mm-hmm. embrace who you are and own it and go, okay, this is mine. This is a byproduct of all that I've done this year. It's been, I've just let go. I haven't prioritised myself. Um, my bad. You know, so you look at how you've ended up this way without the judgement and you go, right, I'm just going to start making some changes. It's, it's, time has nothing to do with it. The, 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 the dates, the calendar, the, the, if Mercury is in retrograde, none of that, which it always fucking seems to be, uh, it's, it's, none of that has anything to do with it. You just come to a point where you're like, this isn't, okay, this isn't working for me and it's time to make a, a, a change, a shift. But yeah, it can no. be it can be done without that. Oh, I fucking hate myself. Oh, I need to change. I need to overhaul my life. I need to pff, a new me. But social media and Women's Day and all that don't fucking help things either. Oh, no, of course not. Because every every piece of marketing has the underlying message. You're not enough the way you are. So it's yeah. like if you had these clothes, if you had this experience, if you were ten kilos lighter, then you'd be enough. And and like you said, if your if your underlying motivation is a sense of deficiency, then achieving your goal is not going to help. Yeah, it might help for five minutes, but it's not going to help. It's not going to be sustainable change. No. So for me, let's take the money one for example. So this is where we get the, you know, the the, the programming versus the conscious intent is that let's say my intent was to be better with money or save money. And for the first few weeks, I was really good. Um, well, I didn't even last a few weeks actually, because that's sort of the, the silly season. So, <laughs> But what would happen, I had these deep-seated beliefs or programming around money that money equals conflict and money is evil, you know, based on things that I'd gone through in my childhood. So I can have this conscious will that I need to save money. But every time money started to creep up in my bank account, I would start to get a... Um, uh, anxiety or agitation in my system because I assumed conflict was coming because money equals conflict. So then I would subconsciously get rid of it, aka by stupid shit, whether that was drugs, alcohol, a new plasma TV, whatever it was, I would try and get rid of money because it, it was more important for me to not have conflict in my life than it was to have money. You're showing your age there, plasma TVs. Mate, there. I'll never, I, this is burnt into my brain. <laughs> I bought one of the first. So at the time, plasma TVs were pretty new and it was 42 inch. They'd never made them any bigger, right? And um, I went down to, and, and I hadn't, the weekend gone and I hadn't gone out and got on drugs. So I had money, right? And I'm like, I did not need a new fucking TV. Yet I was in Harvey Norman. It was 2,600 and something dollars. I still remember, right? So it was like $2,650 and I bought it was pumped got a home i i had to avoid harvey norman for the next six months because you know what it's like the new one came out that was slightly bigger so that 42 inch would go down in price down in price (laughs) every time i I walk past the window it'd be about 500 bucks less so i'm like i can't go near harvey norman anymore oh that's it's that constant chasing isn't it so i need more i need better it's that i'm discontent i'm not content I'm not. I'm not content with this. So I've been. I've been taking an interesting approach with clients lately about differentiating between who they are and their operating system. I don't know if I've spoken about this before, but it's um. Where are you, Carlos? Give me up. It's um. Carlos. Meow, Carlos. Carlos the cat. Carlos the cat. Hello, yes. Carlos. Meow, meow. So yeah, it's it's about helping them to understand that Ryan Hassan, the person who has always been, who is inherently born as, is lovely. He's kind, he's caring, he's generous, he's considerate, he's uh, empathetic, he's thoughtful, he's all these beautiful things. Yeah, he's, he's some other things as well that I don't know because I just wear rose-coloured glasses when I see you. So um, <laughs> I'm, I'm sure Mel could tell me some things that aren't so flattering. But, but by and large, you are all these wonderful qualities. The way that Ryan operated at one point in time wasn't able to didn't allow that natural version of him to come out yeah so it was they call it your shadow yeah so it's, it's your shadow self so um yeah it's 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 this concept of differentiating between i, I can still love myself but i can still not so I'm content with who I am, but I can understand that 
my operating system has a few, few bugs in it that's a bit outdated and I can update that. Um, so would you, still... would you call beliefs part of the operating system? Yeah, totally. Okay. And so then how do we, what, what, do you, what if it's a belief that I have to be kind or I have to be empathetic or I have to be nice? Well, that, that would, the, under, the underlying belief of that would be I must be loved, I must be liked. Mm. I'm going to be these things to be, to be liked. So that would be, those ones you said would be sub-beliefs. Yes, yeah, okay. They, would, they, would, they, would, they wouldn't be core beliefs. They are, they're kind of people-pleasing beliefs, aren't they? Yeah. 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 So the, 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 yeah, we talk about the three megas. I must be loved or liked. I must get what I want, dot, 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 and when I want it. And I must be perfect and my life must be perfect. So for me, they're the three core beliefs. Um, and then there's all these sub-beliefs, which are probably just opinions rather than beliefs on top of that. Yeah, true, true. I like that. I like the separating. And I like as well the um, this... Because it can come from a place like my, like I try and get clients now, you know, myself to be, people get caught up if they're like, well, if I don't feel like I'm deficient and I'm not striving for something, how am I going to, I'll just sit on a couch and do nothing. No, but no. Because a lot of people get get into the personal development, jump on that train, get addicted to it. And then there's always this, I'm not enough. I have to do more. I have to keep growing. I spoke to a client today about it and I said, it's, we need to balance it out with this. Um, it's a, it's an ebb and a flow. It's a, we have growth spurts, you know. So I remember having growing pains as a kid, physical growing pains, and they were, they were really terrible. Um, but then there'd be periods of relief, and ah. But in those periods of relief, I didn't go. I should be growing more. I should. I, I, you know, why am I getting Come on. And and so our emotional intelligence or our spirit or whatever you want to call it is the same it's it's like i i am enough i'm 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 a work in progress and always will be but i don't have to crack the whip and and do every tony robbins course in the world and you know keep keep doing all this sort of stuff like my clients come and do an initial program with me and then they'll they'll step into a maintenance program but that maintenance program isn't to keep moving them forward it's just to to help them stay on track but also um just to to maintain that balance it's a mm. healthy balance of, of i am enough but tomorrow's an opportunity potentially for me to learn i don't know but I'll, at least i'll be aware now the blindfold will be off and and if a teacher comes along i'll be able to meet that teacher and and work with them but maybe a teacher won't turn up and i don't have to do anything tomorrow so, hmm. so you're talking about just being open and balanced, I think, more than yeah, but binary. Being, being, being aware. It's just, it's just, you know, I've, I think I've spoken about that client who did the. Uh, I'm in the lake. He had bipolar, and, and mm-hmm. he, he drew this diagram on the on the wall. For Keep me. talking. I'm going for a piss. All right, and he, um, and so he drew a, a diagram of a lake and then a river and he said he was in this lake and then every now and then he'd get tossed out of the river in uh tossed out of the lake into the river and then he'd hit all the rocks in the river on the way down and then he'd find himself in a new lake and uh, he'd stay there for a period of time and then he'd get tossed out of there i think it's a we did a video on it um so I go back and have a look perhaps but it's just this concept of of ebb and flow and and Sometimes we're in it, sometimes we're out of it. It's, it's uh, not having an expectation that we should be doing more or that, you know, I'm deficient so I have to go and do more. It's just uh, I am who I am. I'm in a constant state of flux. I'm in a constant state of change. Everything's impermanent. This version of me that exists today isn't going to exist tomorrow. I'm going to go to sleep tonight and process and deconstruct and change on a molecular level so there's going to be a new version of me that wakes up in the morning and um that version is going to do the best that they can so they'll either have a growth spurt or they won't so yeah it's just, if we're if we're looking to change 
we don't want to change under this notion that we have to change. It's a, you know, my weight will ebb and flow. I'm fairly slim by nature, but I, you know, it's, it's been isolation this year. At the start of the year, I was super fit. I was really physically strong and healthy, and then we couldn't go and exercise. And I, so I'm not in the same shape now as I was at the start of the year, but I don't look at myself in the mirror and hate what I see. I don't have this aversion to it. I don't look at it and go into destructive thinking and judge myself and criticise and condemn and blame and you know, label myself all these toxic labels. It's just a, an acknowledgement that, okay, um, I'm not where you know, my healthy point is, so I've got to do some things moving forward. So it's, yeah, it's finding that balance between um, loving yourself but also not settling as well. So as we were just talking about, you know, it's, uh, at the start of the year I was super fit, super strong, super healthy. I'd been working out for a couple of months and doing these classes and then corona hit and I couldn't do a thing. So... I don't look at myself in the mirror now and go, geez, you're a fat bastard, you fat prick, oh, you've been a slob all year. I don't go into that destructive thinking mm -hmm. and hate on myself because that's just going to compound the problem. I just move into an acceptance and rationalise it, understand it, accept it, and then look forward and go, what can I do? Oh, Solution-oriented thinking instead of problem-oriented thinking. Yeah, I like to you know, get clients just to say, what experience do I want to have now? You know, instead of saying, I've, I've got to lose 10 kilos or I'm not going to be happy. It's like, just maybe I want to experience losing a bit of weight or maybe I want to experience getting fitter or maybe I don't. Or maybe I want to experience having a bit more I want to experience being overweight, perhaps. Perhaps. Or, but it's the old classic, it's a funny pun to use in weight loss, but it's eat the elephant one bite at a time. So if you need to lose 10 kilos, don't try and lose 10 kilos, just lose one kilo 10 times. Mm. Everyone can lose one kilo. Everyone's lost one kilo. So you've done that before. You've achieved that before. So just do it 10 times. But then if you if you lose three in a row and then you sabotage yourself, you've got to ask yourself, well, what's what's that operating system? What's that programming doing? Why, no, why, why am I sabotaging? That. Just, just go and eat more cake and drink. <laughs> compound, compound the problem is what I'm saying. You're going to sabotage, do it properly right. If you start do... something, finish it. Hey, we should do we should do a reverse podcast next. A reverse podcast or speak backwards? Yeah. No, it's <laughs> like it's it's all let's, let's let's go into the destructive thinking. Let's let's exacerbate yeah. all the all the stuff that people do. Yeah, that'd be good fun. That'd be good. Have I told you about my restaurant idea? Uh, no, but let's save that for next podcast because we're coming to the end of this one. I, I'm hearing a Ryan Hassan story. That's going to be the opening of the next podcast. I don't want to give away amazing. my idea anyway because I want to do it one day. So, okay. I, right. I, want to, I want to tell you now though, but I won't. I'll hold off. I, I also had an idea. So I, I, I often come up with these um, inventions that never actually go anywhere. So let, let's talk about that on the start of the next podcast because we've got two kids that are hungry. They want to come up. It's, eight, it's 9 o'clock at night now. They haven't eaten yet. I'm hungry too. I'm the third kid that's hungry. All right. We'll go and eat some really hot, spicy food. I've got some in the fridge. Good. All right. Well, we barely spoke about New Year's resolutions, but that was good fun, mate. We're never going to. We've got a few <laughs> in hand. Let's, let's be honest. Let's embrace it. Um, I hope you enjoyed listening to that, everyone. If you grabbed a, a beer or a glass of nice red wine or something and listened along, enjoy that. And uh, maybe you can flick back to one of our older episodes if you're new to the podcast. We've got 50 now. Fucking hell. How'd that happen? Thank you, everyone who's contributed. We, we, thanks to all our guests so far. Thanks to all you listeners. Um, thanks to you, Ryan. Thanks to everyone who's contributed to this. I, we, I went through the Spotify thing today and we've got listeners all over the world somehow. Um, Big in Iceland, apparently. Iceland and Indonesia and Denmark and some random <laughs> bumfuck Idaho, I think it was on Bumfuck there. Idaho. Um, <laughs> and the, the, the demographic was amazing. It was like 75% men. Yeah, I always thought it was half and half, but 75% men. Yeah, between the ages of 25 and 45. So That makes sense. 
Because that's so, how, that's um, sort of our age. Like I'm I'm 25 and you're 45. So yeah, and I'm 25 physically. You're 45 physically, <laughs> <laughs> and we're both about 12 <laughs> mentally. <laughs> so it's and I mean 50. I mean we we started this with no expectations, um, and to get to 50, it's a you know it's it's uh, I think we need to stop and appreciate it because it, it's 50 hours. It's over 50 hours worth of mm. worth of talking so um no it's yeah. good mate it's good it's good fun I, I enjoy it every week and i was saying to mel before i'm like oh, babe i've got to go to work for a bit and I, by work i mean walking up the stairs with a few beers and talking to a mate <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it's my it's my fridays i, I take fridays off from clients <laughs> Admin work and to do stuff, and I'm just like, can't wait to just pull up stumps of that and just jump, stick the headphones on, and dive into. I mean, I mean, spend a couple of hours researching, of course, yeah. and, <laughs> um, and then and then dive into it. And dive into it. All right, everyone, we appreciate you all listening. Merry um, Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year, and um, yeah, keep tuning in for the uh, the next fifty. Stay safe, be kind to yourself and others, um, love unconditionally, give freely, and uh, yeah. Accept we'll, yourself. Accept yourself. Accept you yourself. Bastards. You're fucking, you're perfect and there's nothing you can do about it. Yeah, you, you, <laughs> you drongos. All right. Peace out. out. Peace. Thank you for tuning into the Woke Blokes podcast. Please don't forget to subscribe to the show. Also, leave us a five-star rating. We thank you so much, and we'll see you all next time.